Are you ready? What's for dinner? <laughs> I'm hungry. Yum, 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 yum. Let's go, everybody. Yay! Yay! Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, my show. <laughs> uh, welcome to Zoe's Blind Kitchen Corner. And I'm so happy to be here again. You'll hear me saying that a million times. I'm just enthusiastic. Um, I just want to mention before we start that we did make a mistake. It's my fault. I had locked my iPhone into portrait mode. Uh, so when we actually taped our first episode, uh, it might be a little hard on the eyes. Uh, it's not as pretty because we used uh, portrait mode and it's not my cameraman's fault. It's my fault because I had locked my phone. So I've unlocked it today and hopefully we're doing it right now. Regardless, you guys are going to get another good recipe and I hope you enjoy it. Um, before I get to the recipe, I, I don't know if I can give you guys a tip every single time. I will try. I may repeat some things just because it happens. Um, so before we get the recipe today, I just want to reiterate, I think I mentioned it in my first episode, but... It's very good, if not a necessity for blind people, if you follow my way of doing things uh, with the pen friend and so on and so forth. I mentioned in the first episode that if you're measuring out a liquid, you're going to do it over a bowl or you're going to measure it uh, over the bowl and then tip it into a bowl onto your scale, figure out the grams, jot it down for the next time. So that, for example, a cup of milk may tell you it's, I can't remember now, let's say 200 grams. So if you have a recipe which is going to use milk and you're going to look at your recipe and you're going to say, oh, a cup of milk or 200 grams. So every time you do a recipe for the first time, it's good to measure out your ingredients um, in grams as well or ounces whatever suits you and that way the next time you go to the recipe you might not have to fuss with cups you can just put a bowl on your scale measure out your milk if you if it's 201 grams big deal if it's 199 big deal if it's 210 you might want to take a teaspoon and just get you know a, scoop a little milk out but it's much much easier than fussing with cups and so on and so forth but for some recipes, um, I want you guys to invest whenever you can, and they're not expensive, in wide mouth jars and containers. Why? I'll tell you why. So, we're not going to use this ingredient in today's recipe. I just have it out for showing you guys. I'm going to use my trusted pen friend again, 
we said we're going to press the top button, which you can feel, wait for the beep. There it is. And this is a container that I bought. It's just a hard plastic container and it's very wide at the top. It's more than the palm of my hand and I have a label stuck onto it. So I'm just going to tap. So this tells me that this is a container of quick cooking rolled oats. So I've bought the rolled oats. I've put them in this container, which I have labeled. And when I need to use this, I don't have to, well, one, I don't have to fuss with packages and ask for sighted assistance. Two, because it's got a wide mouth at the top, all I have to do is if a recipe calls for half a cup. So here's my, a set of cups, measuring cups. If you can't remember them, you can label them. If you can, that's great. If you want to just jot it down on a note on your smartphone, the big, as you feel them, the biggest cup is the one cup. The second biggest is the half cup. The third biggest is the one third cup. And the last one, the fourth big, the fourth biggest, which is really the smallest, is a quarter cup. So I personally, at this point, I don't know what's going to happen 10 years from now, but I personally remember this. So if I wanted half a cup, I would find my second largest cup. I would open up this wide mouth jar. And like I said, it's longer than, it's probably approximately from my fingertip all the way to the end of my palm. And if I put my fingers together, it's bigger than, it's wider than my palm. If I stick the half a cup in, it fits comfortably. And I can just scoop. I've scooped half a cup. Now, is it half a cup? Having this cup in the bowl, holding it over the bowl or in the bowl, I feel it's way more than a cup. I'm just going to take my finger and slide gently right across the measuring cup. Now, it's basically half a cup full to the top. And that's exactly half a cup. So, and when I, when I put my finger across, all the excess just fell right into the bowl because this is a wide mouth container. I'm just gonna dump this back in. We don't actually need our, the measuring cups today. So I'm gonna cap this. Now, again, you can get containers, you can get round ones, rectangular ones, square ones, whatever you want. As you go, you're gonna figure out what works for you for what ingredient. The only thing I don't recommend is storing, uh, sorry, storing flour into these containers. Unless you constantly use flour. If you constantly use flour for a couple of months, it's okay to be in one of these containers and scoop out your flour. However, flour, scooping flour is not really recommended, but we'll get, we'll talk about that another time. The reason I don't recommend flour into these hard plastic containers or, or even glass jars is if they sit too long in the airtight containers, um, they will develop a smell an awful smell. 
I'm not sure that necessarily means that the flour's gone bad, but I wouldn't want to use it in my food because it's got a terrible smell. Um, hence why in the supermarkets, flour is stored in paper bags, not plastic containers. I think there is one brand that I've seen, but who knows how they've preserved it and so on and so forth. So I don't recommend flour, but for sugar, oats, anything like that, these things are great. So that's it for the tip for today. So let's get to our recipe. Give me a second. Okay, we just put those aside and we don't need the pen friend today. <clears throat> so today I'm going to make traditional Greek lentil soup. In Greek, it's just one single word. They're called fakes. Don't worry about trying to remember that. Greek lentil soup. Um, there, there's a few different versions where people add meat or some people even make it with, without tomato sauce or, or, sorry, ground tomatoes. There are different versions. They're not the standard traditional dish that's basically made throughout all of Greece and uh, basically in all Greek homes. Um, if you're not a lover of onions and garlic, maybe this recipe is not for you. It, we love it. It's delicious. It's, it's very filling. And of course you can serve it with... Uh, olives and bread and a salad if you want. We don't. We're just the bread and olive people. Um, I use black uh, small calamara olives and I actually use the ones that are pitted just because I like putting them into my soup, into my bowl. So I have my bowl of soup and I'll put in three, four, five, six olives, whatever I want. Some people don't do that. They have them on the side. Uh, the other thing I'm going to mention is that some people like to put vinegar into their lentil soup. Some people actually put it in the cooking process, but because this is really a preference thing, most people don't. They put a little bit of vinegar into their bowl of soup. Um, I don't. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. I don't mind it but I don't prefer it. My husband and some other people in my household, they love their vinegar in their lentil soup. So they will take the bottle of vinegar and they'll pour a little sprinkling of vinegar and that's to taste. That's your preference, whatever you want. So for the lentil soup, um, I, most Greeks buy the sort of brownish lentils. I have by accident bought green lentils and made it. I don't see much, I don't really see much of a taste difference. Um, it, again, this is a preference thing, but most traditional Greek homes will use these lentils, which is the sort of brownish ones. Um, I buy mine in bulk, as you can, well, for you who are sighted, this is not a package, this is just a bag filled with lentils because I buy them in bulk. I buy organic lentils. You don't have to. You can just get a basic 
you know, 500 gram package of lentils for, from the supermarket, which is fine. Um, now, this particular recipe is a pretty big dose. I'm going to give you the ingredients for this particular recipe. If you want to cut it in half, by all means, go ahead, do the math and uh, go ahead. You can use, we're going to use about five, uh, sorry, 600 grams of lentils. If you want to use 500, that's fine. The 100 grams is just to give a little bit of extra stew. So 500 or 600 grams, I'm going to use 600. We're going to use salt and pepper to taste. We're going to use three red onions, a whole head of garlic, one cup of oil. Now, I'm not using a measuring cup today. I'm just using your standard uh, coffee cup. This particular one just came with a Corningware set that I had bought from Walmart. So a standard coffee cup. We're going to use one cup of this oil. Now, oil, especially in soups and stews, best to use olive oil. It's a good quality extra virgin olive oil. I use one from Greece, uh, which I can actually get at Costco. And um, I think it just gives it that extra little bit of taste. However, you're gonna hear me referring to olive oil in the recipe, but I'm not using olive oil today. I'm using vegetable oil. We're in a period of fasting for our Pascha, Easter, and we can't have olive oil. Um, we can only have vegetable oil or, you know, those types of oils. I wouldn't recommend any other oil other than vegetable or oil because coconut oil is going to throw the, the taste off. Same with sesame oil. The, the, these are not oils we need to use. We're going to use vegetable or olive. Please, preferably olive. And what, that, what else? I'm going to add, in preference again, approximately three bay leaves, dried bay leaves, and water. Uh, so I've got the lentils, salt, pepper, onions, garlic, water, bay leaves, oil. So we're good. We're good to go. That's our, that, those are our ingredients. Very simple today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to measure out my lentils into a nonstick pot. You're going to realize from watching my episodes that I love to cook in nonstick pots. However, my main stew today, I'm going to make in a huge stainless steel pot, only because again, this is a big dose. I'm feeding a big family. If you're cutting it in half, you can use a nonstick pot or a smaller stainless steel pot. It's up to you. I am going to use my nonstick pot to pre-boil pre-boil my lentils. So I'm going to boil my lentils. I'm going to taste them probably around 15 to 20 minutes. And if they're pretty close to being done, I don't want them completely done because 
if they're completely done, when I actually put them with the vegetables in the main stew, they're going to get really mushy. So I want them almost done, just a little touch of a bite, and I'm going to strain them. But I'll remind you guys again. So for right now, I'm just going to measure out the amount that I need. I'm actually going to measure it, measure the lentils directly into the pot that I'm going to use to pre-boil them. It's my non-stick pot. So I've got my handy kitchen scale out. Remember what I said about my kitchen scale. We need it. We love it. Necessity. I'm just going to place the pot directly on the scale. And I'm going to turn the on button. Come out. Yeah, so <clears throat> while taping this video, my bag of lentils has a hole in it, or it just developed a hole in it, so you might hear a few lentils falling out, no big deal. So while I was talking, I hope you guys heard that my um, scale said it's ready, so I'm just going to pick up the bag, hopefully I know where the hole is so I don't get more lentils falling out, and I'm just going to pour it directly into the pot. I've poured some. I'm going to stop. Told me it's 268 grams. I need 600. Again, you can use 500 if you want. lucky there. It actually gave me a reading of 602 grams, which is fantastic. It's, don't worry about two grams. It isn't going to make a difference. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to, not part of the recipe, I'm just going to put the bag of lentils into a bowl and put it on the side because this, this bag has now has a hole in it. So I'm just going to put it on the side. Yeah, it's just, we moved. I walked across the floor, so the scale moved. So it's just telling me that's 602 grams. So I'm going to turn off the scale. Goodbye. Take the pot off the scale. Put the scale away. And up we go. I'm a little short, and I put it high up. So now my nonstick pot, by the way, you guys... I don't know if my cameraman caught it, but I actually just put my hand right into the lentils. I actually did that on purpose. I just wanted to even them out. In our kitchen, blind kitchen, sighted kitchen, always wash your hands before you start. Disinfect your counters, which I've done. Now, I this nonstick pot, if I feel the walls of the pot inside, I can feel a round raised bump. That's actually the screws from the handles of the pot. I don't want my water to go higher than that because I don't want it to boil over. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my finger, cover with my finger one of the screws. And so that means the tip of my finger is a little, couple of millimeters lower than the actual screw. So when I pour the water in and I feel the water right at my finger, I'm going to stop because I don't want it to go higher because I don't want it to boil over. So I'm just going to add water. It doesn't, again, this is my pot. You'll figure it out on, on yours. 
So I'm just gonna, again, I put my finger on the screw, a little, half my finger is a little bit lower than the screw, and I'm just gonna pour the water. And I felt the water, so I stopped. And I'm just gonna set this on my front burner, which is my big burner. Center it. I don't have the heat on, so I can actually touch the stove, I can center, and I can do whatever I want because I don't have the burner on. I'm going to reach to the back, feel for my knob. I've memorized which knob is for my front burner, and I'm just gonna turn it to high. Okay, so now it's on. Now, if you've already cut up your onions and garlic and stuff like that, you would cover the pot so that this can come to a boil much quicker. And if you do that, because you still risk the water boiling over, I would cap, I would cap my pot, but I would lift it a little and let it sit on the edge to have a little bit of an opening for steam to escape so that it doesn't boil over. Because I need to cut my onions and garlic, I haven't pre-done it. I'm not gonna cover it because I don't care if it takes a while for it to boil. And without covering it, we don't rust. If you follow my instructions for the water, we don't run into any risk of it boiling over. Um, yeah, that's it for that right now. So let's get to the oil and the vegetables. Let's put this aside somewhere. Like I said, I'm going to use this big stainless steel pot. So, I need to measure out my oil. I'm going to grab a dinner plate. I'm gonna place it on my counter and I'm gonna place that measuring cup, which is not a measuring cup, it's just a coffee cup. I'm gonna place it sort of in the middle you're blind. Middle is not exact. It doesn't matter. As best in the middle as you think. Before I start to pour, pour oil in this cup, if I take one of my fingers and I put it at the edge of the cup and I press down a little bit, the cushion of my finger is actually maybe a millimeter or two into the cup. When I feel oil, that means I've gotten to the top. Hopefully I'm quick enough to pull my finger away, but this is why we have the bowl underneath. So if some oil spills, who cares? So I'm just gonna pour the oil now. And again, I've, I'm holding the cup with my fingers and, whoops. And I've got my one finger sort of at the edge with the cushion in. I find the opening, I feel where the opening is. I feel that the mouth of the container with the oil is on top of the cup and I start to pour. And I feel oil. So I'm pretty much to the top. 
If I'm not exactly, it doesn't matter. This is not a recipe where you have to be exact, okay? So my, actually my cameraman who's sighted can confirm. Are we at the top? Yes. See? So we're at the top. So we don't need our oil anymore. Let's put that aside. Now, I want you to pick up the cup. This is for the blind people. Sighted people, you know what to do. I'm going to, I'm picking up the cup, but I have the plate underneath and I'm going to move to my stainless steel pot, not the pot where you're pre-boiling your lentils. I'm going to center the plate over the pot. I'm going to pull the plate and now my oil, my cup of oil is over the pot. Now my hands aren't steady, so it's actually dripping. I want to pour half of this oil. Now, are you gonna pour a little bit less than half, a little bit more than half, it doesn't matter. Just tip it over, whoops, and pour some. I've poured out what I think is probably half. It could be a little less, it could be a little more. Put the plate back under the cup, put the cup on the plate, and take it back to the counter. Do not disregard the soil, you're gonna use it again. I mean, you're gonna use the rest of this as well. Just wiping up the hands. Now, our next step is our onions and garlic. I'm just gonna peel one onion. I think I showed you in the previous recipe and I'm just gonna peel a few uh, garlic cloves and then I'm going to, through the magic of editing, I'm gonna let you guys be so I can, it might take me about 10 minutes to chop up my garlic and slice up my onions. So I forgot to get a knife before I started. Hold on one second, stay there. Okay. Again, I've got... No, I don't like this knife. I don't like this knife. Hold on. Stay there. Alrighty. Again, Try not to use really sharp knives. I'm using my knife that I used in the previous video too. It's got teeth on one side. Even running my finger lightly, it's not gonna cut me. But it's good enough to cut vegetables. Try not to use sharp knives, but enough that it'll cut through what you wanna do. So I'm just gonna demonstrate quickly. I'm not gonna go into great detail. We said we have a smooth knife. We feel it, it's smooth. On, once, on the bottom and on the top, of the onion you feel where the roots were. I'm just going to place the onion on the counter. I am not gonna do this every time. Um, maybe just because this is our second episode, I just wanna remind you guys, I have the onion flat, or flat. I have it on its side so that the roots, the parts that we feel were from the roots are on the left and the right of the onion. I put the onion, or I put the knife with the feet, teeth facing down as close to the root as possible. And with my other hand, I'm holding the onion as far away from the blade as possible. And I'm just gonna slice through. And the other side as well. I'm going to, you can either make a little slit to get rid of the top layer of um, onions and skins, or in my case, I actually was able to grab it without doing that. So I'm just gonna do that. I'm just, I'm just, 
taking the top layer off and skins, I'm feeling. Now, in my first video, I actually didn't see or feel a part that was bad. And I realized later that I actually, it was a little tiny hole where my cameraman told me that I should um, chop it off. Now, I'm feeling this. And I do feel something odd here, like a little hole in the skin. Now, that could be a bad part. It could be from a knife. It could be anything. You know what? It doesn't really matter. I feel a little hole there. I'm just going to take my knife again. I'm going to put it near to where I feel the hole, just beside it. And I'm going to slice it off and then feel again. Do I feel that hole? No, I don't. So, and again, if you have sighted help to confirm, great. If you don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I'm almost 50 and something. I'm, I'm over my 40s and I'm still living. So obviously I haven't gotten food poisoning or anything. And again, nothing feels slimy. And my cameraman is gonna confirm, is this good? You're good. Good. So. We're gonna give this onion a wash, quick wash, which I don't have to show you. You guys know how to wash your onions. You're gonna run it under your tap water. Um, now, I don't use tap water to clean my vegetables. I do use um, water from a spring, but right now, just for the sake of uh, time, I did it, it's not a big deal. Uh, you're gonna grab a big bowl, now, sorry, before you grab the bowl. So now this onion, you're gonna put the part that you cut flat on the counter. The onion should stand up by itself. If I were to turn it, it might roll all over the place. So if, you're, if it's rolling all over the place and you can feel the parts where you cut on the left and the right, then your onion's not facing the proper way. You need, to, you need to put it flat and it doesn't roll around. This is the part that you cut. You're gonna put your knife on top. You're gonna feel, you're gonna try to center it as much as possible. Don't worry, you don't have to be exact. And you're gonna put your other hand on top of your knife and with the hand that's holding the handle of the knife, you're gonna slice through. Basically, we're cutting our onions in half. For this particular recipe, if you know how to slice onions for a salad, that's what we're doing. So directly into the pot that we put the oil, I just take my knife and I basically, with my finger, because this is not a sharp knife, I can actually feel as I'm cutting across, I'm going, my finger's going with the knife, I can feel how fine I'm doing this. It doesn't have to be exact. Try to get your slices as fine as possible. You're going to chop them directly into the oil as I'm doing right now. You're gonna do three onions, okay? I'm just gonna put this aside for now. I'll get to it later, because I wanna show you quickly the garlic. Now, I can hear, while I'm talking to you guys and doing all this, I can hear that my lentils they're fizzing. It's kind of like a fizzing sound. And if I listen really carefully, I can actually, it's starting to boil. 
and now it's a louder sound. Now I showed you guys how to get to your knob at the back when something is boiling. I'm just gonna redo it. I'm gonna, as I'm facing my pot, I'm gonna move to the right of the pot, and then I'm gonna reach my hand over to the back of the stove, and I'm gonna find my knob, and I'm gonna turn it down to medium. Okay, and yeah. So now we have it on medium, and I'm gonna set my timer, my handy kitchen timer, for approximately 15 minutes. We're gonna test them out. So I've set my timer for 15 minutes and 10 seconds. If you guys remember, I told you why I add the 10 seconds. Just to know that my uh, timer has started to work. Most of the times, if I set it for 15 minutes and 10 seconds, it, when the 10 second countdown finishes, it'll say 15 minutes. Sometimes it doesn't do it, just like it didn't do it now. So how do you know it's working? Well, some of the gadgets that are made for the blind, unfortunately, <laughs> they're not made as good as they should be. Um, at this point, if I was totally, totally alone, I might try to press the minute button or the hour button or whatever, the second button. I showed you guys where the button is in the last video. So if I press the second button, it does nothing. So that tells me it's working. And sighted cameraman will confirm? Yes. So there you go. So that's one way to know that your timer's working. So we have garlic. Garlic, it feels round with a big sort of point at the top. Sometimes you can just pull it with your fingers, sometimes you can't. In this case, I can't. So I'm just gonna try to chop off a little bit of the tip. Just a little bit, you don't even have to slice through. I'm gonna try, you're gonna put your fingers in, you're gonna feel for the tips of the garlic, the top tips of the garlic. I'm using my thumb. So my left hand is holding my garlic it's in sort of in the palm of my hand or in the, you know, laying on my fingers. And with my right thumb, I'm feeling where I gave it a little slice. I'm feeling for the tips. I feel a tip, so I'm just going to put pressure and pull out. And it'll all fall apart. That's how you open up your bulb of garlic. You get rid of these skins that just come off easily. Now, peeling garlic, guys, you can feel it. You're gonna hold your garlic with, again, you feel something sort of like a round indent at one side, at the top or the bottom, whatever you wanna. And the other side feels like there, it's a fine, fine tip. So you want to go to the side where you feel the dent. And with your knife, you're going you're gonna to grab those little edges of that circle that you feel or square or whatever the case is, and you're going to pull the skins off. You're just going to go all around. If you cut a little bit of garlic, garlic off, it doesn't matter. You're just going to go all around, and you're going to pull these off with your knife. Some may come off with your fingers, just like a couple did right, right now for me. And you're gonna to try to get as much of this off, actually, oh, not as much, you need to get it all off. Once you get these off, 
Now, I'm going to flip it to that pointy side, and I'm just going to slice that pointy side off, which I just did. And again, even at that point, you can feel, is there any skins? Now, I do feel a skin, so I'm just going to go back to the other side and pull that skin off. You can actually hear it coming off. Now, if you run your garlic under cold water, if your fingers aren't sensitive enough, I can feel that this skin is all gone. If your fingers aren't sensitive enough, you can run it under cold water and that'll also help get rid of any skin left. And that's it. Now, again, I feel a little tiny hole in my garlic. It may be nothing, it may be something. So I'm just gonna slice off that little part that I feel that feels like a hole. The garlic cloves, if they're big, you're going to put them into your stew. You can slice them into three. You can slice them into four. I would, we slice them the long way. So don't turn your garlic horizontally. You're gonna slice vertically. Um, if it's a small piece of garlic, a small clove of garlic, you can put the whole thing in just as is. If it's a medium one, you might slice it in two. This is a preference thing. Don't finely slice because you don't want the garlic to lose. So I'm going to, while my lentils are boiling and I've showed you what you're gonna do with the onions and the garlic, um, don't put your garlic into the pot where you put your onions. We're gonna add that later just because garlic cooks faster. We're gonna add it a little bit later. So right now, I'm going to chop up all my onions into my pot and wait for my lentils to boil. So I'll see you guys in a few minutes with the finished uh, part of this recipe. Here guys again, so we're back. I'm actually not finished chopping up my onions and my garlic, but you can hear my timer beeping. 15 minutes have gone by. So, I take a tablespoon, a big tablespoon, and I just, I feel for the edge of the pot and I gently scoop. Now, at this point you can toss this into a bowl and taste it, or you can um, kind of tip to get the liquid out and then try to feel. It's a little bit dangerous for blind people. So I would toss this into a bowl and then I would take a lentil and I would taste it. Now I've already tasted it just before we came back into the video. My lentils are done. I can actually say I think I even overcooked them a little bit. So this is why I'm telling you, you guys have to watch a little bit. You might have to try, test them at 10 minutes. Uh, 10 minutes probably was the perfect time. It's different. With, every time you cook lentils, it's not always gonna be the same because they might be older, they might be fresher, who knows. So I need to strain these. So now I'm doing it the wrong way just because I can, but you should do it the way I showed you. I'm turning off the heat and I'm going to pick up my pot from the nonstick handles that aren't hot and I'm gonna slowly move to the sink because I don't have steady hands. I'm going to feel for my sink. I feel it. I hear it. I have the pot at the edge. I have my strainer in my sink. If I were to put the pot over the strainer and start pouring the water out towards me, all the steam is going to come right into my face. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to pour away from me. So I'm going to tip and pour. 
So I've tipped the pot all the way as, you know, and I can hear that nothing else is pouring out. Now, there might be some lentils left at the bottom of the pot. Right now the pot is hot. I'm not even gonna bother putting my hands in it. What I'm going to do is because right now I don't, I wanna set the lentils aside. I'm just gonna put this on the kitchen counter that's next to me, the pot. I'm putting the pot on the kitchen counter and I'm gonna pick up the strainer. I'm just gonna shake it a little bit to get rid of any excess water, if there is any. And I'm gonna set the strainer directly on the pot. And I'm going to let it sit there and strain while we finish chopping onions and garlic until I'm ready to use this. So again, I'm gonna have to uh, put you guys on hold for a few minutes so I can finish chopping my vegetables. See you in a bit. So we're back, finally done chopping our onions and garlic. I have my stainless steel pot with the onions and the oil that I showed you before, half the oil on my burner. My burner is off. I'm gonna turn it up to high. When we hear it start sizzling, we're gonna turn it down to medium. There's no real rule, but you're gonna saute for approximately about 10 minutes. Um, so I'm just gonna set my timer again. See how I told you guys? Handy kitchen timer. So I've set it to 10 minutes. Now I'm not gonna start it until I actually hear the sizzling start and turn it down to medium. So if I go near my pot and I kinda take down my head towards the pot, just a little further from the heat source, I can hear what's happening. I can hear if it's sizzling or not. Now, I just did something really dangerous that I don't want you guys to do. We're talking about blind people. Sighted people can see what's happening. We're listening. I have really long hair and I tilted forward close to the pot. Okay, now, sorry, I hear my onion sizzle. So I'm just gonna take it down to medium so that we don't burn them while we're talking. I'm gonna use, sorry, I'm gonna use a wooden spoon to stir up my onions and I'm gonna press my timer so that it can start. We need approximately a, a, a sauteing period, somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes. It's, it's not a big deal if you saute for 10 or eight and not 15. So I'm just gonna press start. And I'm gonna test it if it's working by pressing the second button and nothing happens so it's working. So I'm gonna set my timer aside so we can hear it. Okay, I'm gonna give my onions a stir. Now, this stainless steel pot, the handles do get hot. They, they'll get hotter when I'm actually boiling the soup. Right now, they're still cool because I'm just sauteing. So, you're gonna give your onions a stir every once in a while. You're not gonna constantly stir. So I'm just, I have a little plate on the burner, on the right burner of my stove where I'm placing all my spoons that I'm using. Now, if your pocket's hot, I have these little, they're square knitted, they're actually wool because they're knitted by a grandma in Greece. They're little square, Oven, can't remember what these are called. Oven holders, pot holders, they're decorative, they have nice colors. 
You can actually use one of these to hold the handle. I prefer it to an oven mitt. You can use one of these to hold the handle and stir with the other hand if your handles get too hot. So you can use something like that. It should be a small, thick piece of material. Kitchen towel might not cut it, cut it because if you're using a kitchen towel um, and it hangs too low, it could burn. And then we have another problem because we're on fire. So try to find a small, thick piece of material that you can hold the handle with. Um, while we're sauteing this and our timer is going and every so often I'm giving a stir, I'm going to run down the ingredients again with you guys just because I actually forgot an ingredient. And I, I remembered it in due time. See, things like this happen. Usually I have, I have an iPhone and on my notes app, I have something like 5,000 recipes. And I have folders and I've uh, under categories. So I have my soups folder, my cakes folder, my so on and so forth, my fish folder and whatever. And in there, I jot everything down because I realize my memory is not what it used to be. And a lot of the times I have my iPhone next to me in the kitchen and I swipe through the recipe using voiceover to hear my ingredients. Now, because I'm using my iPhone um, for the purposes of this video, I'm doing everything by memory. So obviously I forgot an ingredient, but I did remember it, like I said, in due time. So we have our one cup of oil, coffee cup of oil. We have our three onions, a little less, a little more to taste. It's up to you guys. Traditionally, this dish should have a lot of onions. I'm using red onions just because I like them. You can do them with yellow. You can do them with whatever onions you want. Um, so one cup of oil, three, three red onions, one whole bulb of garlic, um, salt and pepper to taste, bay leaves, one 14 ounce can of crushed tomatoes, one heaping tablespoon of tomato paste. That's the ingredient I forgot to mention. Uh, bay leaves and water. I'm pretty sure now I didn't forget anything. If I did, well, we'll figure it out as we go along. So we're sauteing our um, vegetables again. I'm gonna give it another stir because all this time we were talking and you can hear as I stir, you can hear the sizzling get more intense. It's cause you're, as you're stirring, you're throwing onions that haven't been sauteed yet into the mix. So you're just gonna give them another mix. Now, we're going to add our garlic soon. Garlic cooks faster than onions if it's minced. In this case, it's not minced. So we want to give it a good saute. Now I've, you kind of chop, I said your garlic, you should chop your each clove into two or three or four or five pieces. It depends on how big they are. So again, I've chopped mine. So this is for the sighted people. This is what, it looks like it, it's, they shouldn't be paper thin, but they shouldn't be extremely thick. You want to kind of get a little piece of garlic into your mouth. Um, so I'm just going to toss the garlic in as well, because it's not going to burn as easily if it was minced, because it's actual pieces now. So we need to saute this as well. So I'm just going to pour it in. And as you can see, we're about halfway through the mark of sauteing. So it's a perfect time to put the garlic in. My timer actually just said five minutes. So 
And I'm going to give it another stir. At this point, I can feel, through my experience, I can feel that my um, onions are getting softer. So the softer your onions get, the more brown they're going to get, the more they're going to caramelize. You might even burn them. There's a lot of plenty of oil in here, and we're not going to burn them. And don't worry about what caramelizing means. For this particular recipe, we don't care. Um, and as a sighted person, I mean, as a blind person, compared to the sighted people, they can see caramelizing from the color. We can't. So we can do just an approximate. And from the smell. I right now can smell the onions. I can... As I'm stirring, I can feel them getting softer, and my handles on my pot are still cool. I'm still sautéing, so I, can, I don't need anything to hold my handles. Um, a little tip, this has nothing to do with blind or sighted. When you open up a can of tomato paste, you're in a lot of recipes you're not going to use your whole can of tomato paste you're going to scoop up scoop out what you need you're going to put it into your recipe and a, a good way to preserve it is leave it in the can that it came in pour a little bit of olive oil on top and then cover it with plastic kitchen wrap and it will preserve it for quite a while um, so that's one way to just preserve your um, tomato paste. I'm going to use a heaping tablespoon, which I have here on my little plate, of tomato paste. Um, some people just put tomato paste into their stews or wherever, just with the water, or they actually try to, or they dilute it in water. In this case, we're actually going to saute our tomato paste for about seconds I would say um, because we want the the aromas to come out into our stew and the tomato paste when it's being sauteed it gives a beautiful aroma so that's a little uh, trick and tip that I learned through other people and throughout the years and so on and so forth um, now not all these recipes are my concoctions some of them are, I feel that, see my 10 minutes isn't up yet, but I feel my onions are pretty soft. So what I'm doing now with my spoon is I'm pushing, my wooden spoon, I'm pushing the onions to the sides of the pot. I'm pushing. So now I feel with my spoon, I'm tapping it, you can hear it, I'm, I feel an empty space. If I tap, Somewhere else, you don't hear it because I'm tapping on the onions. So here's my spot. So I'm going to leave my spoon there. And I'm going to scoop out my tomato paste. You're just going to put your spoon in. It's a tablespoon. And you're just going to scoop out. It doesn't matter how much you get. If you get a lot, it's, it, I want it to be heaping. Somebody might say that's too much. Somebody may, you know, it's fine. This is going to give a lot of taste. So I'm going to find my spoon using the metal spoon that's holding the tomato paste, 
I find my wooden spoon where it is, because I'm holding the wooden spoon with my left hand and the other spoon with my right hand. I find it, I move the wooden spoon away, and I shake off the tomato paste. I'm just going to... It doesn't really matter if you don't get it all out. I'm tapping it just to get more out. And I'm just going to... I'm going to... It doesn't matter that you can't see. Just start stirring all around in that empty space. Start stirring your onions. You're still sauteing your tomato paste. So now it doesn't matter if you mix everything all up together. You're still sauteing your tomato paste. Now our timer is just telling us that the 10 minutes is up. So I'm just gonna turn it off and I'm just gonna saute a little bit more. Now I can smell very slightly, but I can smell the aroma of the tomato paste. And I'm just folding and stirring, folding and stirring, just to make sure that all the tomato paste and the onions are all mixed together. So we've put in our tomato paste, our onions. At this point, remember that oil that I set aside? I'm gonna pick up that cup with the plate underneath, bring it over the pot, and toss the rest of the oil in. And I'm just shaking the cup over the pot to make sure that it's all out. And I heard it all drop and I'm just gonna put it back on the plate and to the side. Alrighty. Remember our strained uh, lentils? Time for those to go in. So I'm just gonna pick up the strainer. I'm gonna go over the pot Furthest away from me, I'm going to try to feel for the edge. I'm actually sitting. I'm holding the strainer at the top. And the bottom of the strainer is tapping at the back edge of my um, pot. So I'm just going to tip. And they're all going to go in. And I'm just going to, with my fingers, I'm just pushing whatever didn't fall. And we've got them all in. Now, if you have a couple of pieces, who cares? Now, remember I told you there might be some lentils left in the pot? Well, your pot isn't hot anymore. This is the time to check. And I do feel a few. So I'm just gonna, same way I did with the strainer, I'm gonna feel for the edge of the pot and I'm gonna throw those in as well. See what I said about using our hands as blind people? How was I supposed to know there was any left in here? Well, I just felt them and pushed them in. So now we have our lentils in. I'm gonna give it a nice stir, mix it up with the onions and the tomato paste and all the oil. And I'm stirring and folding, stirring and folding, bringing the food from the bottom to the top, just to mix it all up. Now you're actually almost, it's almost as if you're sauteing your um, lentils a little bit too, which is fine. At this point, we're going to do the, uh, the spices. So I'm going to add a couple of pinches of pepper I'm going to pinch with my fingers and hold the pepper in between my two fingers. Find 
the top of the pot and release. And I'm gonna do two pinches. And then we're gonna do salt. And this is also really to taste. I do find that salt, whoops. I do find that uh, I use sea salt, I don't use table salt. Um, I do find that beans and lentils absorb a lot of salt. So you actually might use a teaspoon and you, when you actually taste your soup, you might feel like you didn't even add salt. So it's okay to have less salt than more because people can add to their bowls. So I'm just gonna put my container, I'm holding the container with my left hand over my pot. I've got a teaspoon in my right hand and it's not your measuring teaspoons just a regular teaspoon that we stir our coffees. I'm gonna put, put it into my wide mouth salt and I'm gonna scoop out whatever fits into my teaspoon and I'm gonna throw it in. If I want to, I can taste it while it's boiling to see if that's enough. If it's not enough, I can add more if I want to or leave as is. And let's give it a stir now with the spices. So we can distribute that salt. And we're stirring and folding. All this time we have our heat on medium, right? So now we're gonna use crushed tomatoes. It's the 14 ounce can, 14 ounce can. I use organic crushed tomatoes. You can buy from a regular supermarket, your 28 ounce cans, cans or a 14 ounce if you can find it. If you use a 28, well measure out 14 ounces, it doesn't matter, half the can. If you find the 14 ounces like I do, organic tomatoes and in they go. Now there's tomato left, it doesn't all come out. We're gonna set our can aside and when we pour our water, we're gonna wash out that can. Give it another stir, mix up all the tomato with the lentils. Okay, and now we're gonna add our, whoops, I dropped my towel. We're gonna add water. The more water you add, the thinner your stew will be. The less water you add, the thicker your stool will be. This lentil stew should be on the thick side. My husband likes it a little runny because he likes, as a typical Greek man, he likes to eat half a bread of uh, half a loaf of bread with his lentil soup, where he just puts all his bread right into his soup and mushes it all up. And I don't know, it's it's his habit. I don't do that. I don't like it. I might eat a little bit of bread on the side. I like my stew a little bit thick. My husband thinks I make it too thick. I think that lentil soup should be a little thick. He likes it a little thinner. So we kind of compromise. So I'm gonna go over my kitchen sink and fill up my can with water. Now, as I'm holding my can, I'm actually gonna insert my finger in. I want the uh, quite a bit of my finger to be hold inside the can as I hold it because I don't want this to overflow. So I feel the water, it's gotten to a certain point. It hasn't gotten all the way to the top, I felt it. I'm gonna go over to my, 
pot. I'm going to let some pour out and I'm going to take my wooden spoon and I'm going to stir the water in the can to get as much of the tomato out as possible. So I'm dissolving what's left in the can in the water. And I just pour all that water in. Now that's way, that's one can of water, almost one can of water. That isn't enough. We're going to pour quite a bit of water into our soup. Now I'm not going to do, oh, well maybe I should do it by can so you guys can get the idea. So I'm just going to, now it doesn't matter. You don't need to insert your finger. We don't care if we lose water now because we've already washed out our can. That's two cans. Give it a stir. No, still needs more. So we're going to give it another can. So we're on our third can of water. And it's in the pot. Let's give it another stir. Now remember, we're going to lose some of this water through the boiling process. So you might think it's a lot of water, but it isn't. And I'm just actually scraping up, while I'm stirring, I'm scraping up little bits of onion that may have stuck to the bottom of the pot. They're not burnt. They're nice brown sautéed pieces of onion that are going to give a great taste to our stew. So don't worry about that. It's like you're deglazing uh, the pot like we do in gravies. It's not a big deal. It actually gives it a very, very nice taste. So I'm going to add more water. So we've, I'm on my fourth can now. I'm going to give it another stir so I can feel it. Pretty good. I'd like to leave it at the four cans, but I know that once I lose some of that water through the boiling process, it isn't, it's not going to be, it's going to be too thick for my husband. So I'm going to add another can. So here's my fifth can. Now, I sh probably shouldn't recommend this, especially to blind people. But I know from my experience that I can do it. Even though my burner's on and it's on medium, I can actually stick my hand into the pot and touch the water. It's just warm. It's not hot. And I can almost feel where it is. I can actually feel that it's ooh, probably about horizontally one, two, three, four. It's probably about five, my, my four fingers from the top. Sounds good to me. That's a good place where it should be. Give it all a mix up. At this point, you should think of any ingredient that you've forgotten, and I haven't. The only thing that's left to put in is my bay leaves. So it's one of these containers I have with my label on it. I've done it before we started the recording. I'm going to choose three. I like ones without holes and that are perfectly in shape. Throw one in. Now, I find this one's a little small, but we'll count it as two. It's up to you. This is nice, three. It actually broke on me as I did, but that's okay. I'm gonna use four just because they were a little small. And I threw those in. And, whoops, put that aside. Now, as a blind person, sorry, but I can't see the bay, the bay leaves in my stew. Sometimes when I'm serving, I can feel them. Rarely. It's not a big deal. Sighted people will take, I'm gonna turn up the heat because we need to bring this to a boil. And right now our, 
Even though our burner's on medium, it's not hot at all on top of the um, pot, so I can actually just put my hand across. I'm gonna take it up to high so we can bring it to a boil. Um, sighted people, they also eat with their eyes, not just with their taste buds. So when they serve their lentil soup in a bowl and they see the um, bay leaves, they're going to take them out because supposedly it's not proper to serve with your bay leaves. I disagree. Now, maybe I just have a different mentality. Maybe it's because I'm blind. Who cares? If I'm gonna try to put a spoonful of lentil soup in my mouth and I get a little bit of a bay leaf in my mouth, I'm just gonna pull it out of my mouth or my spoon and toss it to the side. It's not a big deal. I think these things are petty. People shouldn't be thinking about things like this. Now, at this point, guys, we need this to, like the tomato sauce we did in our first ever episode, we need this to thicken up. The combination of oil and tomatoes and water basically thickens up your stew. You don't need to use any um, thickeners or whatever, flour or anything, not in these types of dishes where there's tomato oil and water. This is gonna thicken up. Now you can thicken up as much as you want. I'm gonna let this boil for 15, approximately 15 to 20 minutes, stirring occasionally uh, so that it can thicken up. If you, when you're stirring, you will feel it thickening up. If you get to the point that you think that's good enough for you, you're gonna turn it off. If you wanna go the full 15, 20 minutes, that's fine too. Just keep an eye on it because as it thicken up, thickens up, it could stick. So we're gonna bring this to a boil and I'm going to cover the pot. I'm going to leave it on high. I'm gonna cover the pot because I don't want it to splatter all over the place because when it thickens up, it starts to splatter. And I'm gonna boil it up for 15, 20 minutes. And when it's ready, I'm gonna show you guys the final product. So we'll see you in a little bit, probably, well, it hasn't started to boil yet. So I'm gonna wait for it to boil, set my timer for 20 minutes, stir occasionally, and come back and show you guys the final product. So see you in a bit again. So we're back. Our lentil soup is not quite done. We're at the 15 minute mark. Uh, it's on high. So I have the lid not fully covered because we don't want it to boil over. I have it slightly open and we can hear it. It's boiling rapidly. Now, my mom is here while this is all, while we took our little break from the video, my mom is here cleaning. So I told her to keep an eye on it as I went for a break and she turned on the, the fan. And that it's a good thing because it, it sucks up all the steam and so on and so forth. But for blind people, it's not that good because I can't hear what's happening. So I'm just gonna turn it off for now. I just wanna quickly show you guys because this is on high and it's thickening up and it's splattering and I'm using a stainless steel pot around the 10 minute mark, I can feel that it's starting to stick. So at this point, I need to stir much more frequently, but there's a chance that you're gonna burn yourself because it's splattering. So I'm gonna use my little square material pot holder to grab the top of the lid because it's very hot. When I lift up the top of the lid, I'm gonna, hold it between me and the food that's boiling because it's gonna act as a shield. 
I'm gonna hold the wooden spoon right at the tip and I'm gonna give it a stir and scrape up the bottom to make sure that it doesn't, I can feel that it's sticking a little, but it's not burning. Don't, if you're stirring occasionally, every, the last, I would say the last five minutes of this, you should be stirring about every minute so that you prevent, prevent it from sticking. So it's getting thicker, it's boiling rapidly, and I'm giving it stirs, but I'm holding the lid as a shield between me and the food so it doesn't burn me. I'm gonna cap it again. Now my timer's telling me I have about three minutes left. It's not set in stone exactly 20 minutes. You're gonna, it's up to desired thickness at this point. So I just wanted to show you guys the process of stirring safely without burning yourself from the splatter. So the next time that uh, you'll see me now is with the stew done. I'll show you my desired thickness and we're gonna serve it with uh, uh, some nice black uh, Kalamata olives. I'm using small Kalamata olives pitted because I don't have to fuss with the, uh, uh, with the pits and I will show you that when we come back. So see you again in a few minutes. So we're back, our stew is done. It's as thick as I would like. I'd like it, I personally would like it even a little thicker, but I didn't make it as thick as I want because I explained to you guys why my husband likes it a little more, a little less thick. Um, before I actually serve it and show it to you guys, I just wanna mention something. I mentioned my hair as I went close to listen to the pot that it's, it was boiling. I didn't finish my thought. I have long hair. That could have been very dangerous. I have enough experience to go close to the pot without burning my hair, but you never know. Even for an experienced cook like me, that's that wasn't safe to do. Um, what I could have done is I could have pulled all my hair to the right, to my right shoulder so that there's nothing on my left shoulder as I went close to the burner in the pot, as I leaned over with my left ear towards the pot, I wouldn't have had any hair on my left shoulder and it would have been safer. Of course, if you forget to do that, the best thing you can do, and we should be doing it, is tying our hair back and even using a hairnet because you don't want your hair falling into your food, especially if you're serving to guests. Now, I've been married for <laughs> almost 25 years if my husband finds one of my hairs in his food, he's not disgusted. <laughs> we sleep together, we eat together, we, you know, we do everything together. So he's not disgusted by my hair. It's no big deal. He'll just toss it out. But it isn't nice. And you definitely don't want one of your guests finding hairs in your in your food so wear a hairnet tie your hair back do as much as possible so you don't get hair in your food the other brief thing I want to mention is I mentioned these wool square uh, material thick material pot holders um, the ones I have are knitted there's two square pot holders I'm holding one in my left hand and one in my right hand a it feels like a string. A string is holding them together, which is really part of the yarn. So it's a piece of knitted string that's holding the two pot holders together. If I were to try over a burner to use just the one and drop it, I could actually burn the pot holders because 
you don't know where your potholder is going to drop. What you could do is if you have, try to have one that's by itself without a string. You could cut this so that you don't have the fear of the string burning or whatever. Now what I do is I just toss one, I use my left hand to lift the lids off the pot. So I toss one of the pot holders with a string. I just toss it over my left shoulder. So it's hanging the right, one of the pot holders is in front of me and one is in back of on my back. So one is on my chest and one is on my back. So I use the one pot holder to grab my lid, to grab my lid because it's hot without having the fear of the other pot holder going on the burner and burning and whatsoever. Um, so that's just another little tidbit for blind people. Okay, so our stew is ready. Um, I'm just gonna give it a nice stir and you can see that it's thicker than when we started. It's nice and thick. So I'm just gonna put my wooden spoon aside. I have a ladle and I'm going to take the bowl in my hand. Now, some people serve it in shallow bowls, some in deeper bowls. I'm using a deep bowl just because the person I'm serving this to, he likes it. My stepfather likes it in a deeper bowl. So it's kind of like a cereal bowl, a, an old fashioned deep cereal bowl. So I'm gonna find the edge of the pot with my hand, my left hand, I found the edge of the pot and I'm holding the bowl in my hand. And I'm going to stick my ladle into the pot and scoop, lift, try to keep my hand steady, listen. I don't hear anything dripping and I'm gonna slide the bowl underneath and tap. I just poured it into the bowl and tap. And I'm gonna do the same thing again because one ladle full is not enough. So I scooped and slide the bowl under and have the second beat. Now, I know my stepfather likes a little more liquid to his. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put my ladle into the stew. I'm just gonna let it sit on top. And I'm just gonna slightly add a little bit of pressure just to get some liquid in, not really any stew. I'm just gonna try to get a little bit of liquid. That's one way to do it. Uh, sighted people probably can do that better. It doesn't matter. If he wants more liquid, he can come and serve himself. So I've added the stew and with a little bit of bread on the side. And um, there are some members in my household who love eating the, this particular stew with bread, the black Kalamata olives that I'm holding in my hand, and also hot peppers. I don't eat hot peppers. I can't handle them. I do like them in certain dips and stuff, but just plain, I don't. They buy um, pickled hot peppers. Uh, I think they might even have a little bit of garlic in them. I'm not sure. Um, ha! Cameraman is getting the hot peppers out because he just realized I don't have them to show you, which is wonderful. See, 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 what's assistance? So this is a jar of pickled hot peppers. I'm not sure of the brand. There's different brands. You can get them at any supermarket. They're, they're pickled. They're pickled hot peppers. And I know some of them do have garlic in them as well. So you would take a few of these out and you would put them on the side plate and with the bread and the hot peppers and the stew 
and the olives, it's kind of a meal in itself. I just want to, before I let you go and say goodbye, these are, I don't get my olives at uh, supermarkets. I do know they do sell Kalamata olives, and I've heard they're pretty good. I just happened to buy mine from Greek bakeries, which basically you fill containers uh, by yourself. So they're, they're, they're sold in bulk. Um, there's a bakery that I go to that sells a container, a pre-filled uh, con plastic container of Kalamata olives, but these are nice because they're the smaller ones and they're pitted. Now, we said we've washed our hands, so I just stuck my hand in and I pulled out an olive. If I squeeze it, I can feel there's no pit in it. And I, the way I serve it is I just toss a few into the stew and I serve it that way. Right now, I just tossed one in because I'm going to serve this to my stepfather and he doesn't like them in his stew. So he's going to eat them on the side. So I'm just going to grab one because I can. <laughs> so I can have a nice taste. Delicious. We're going to set these aside. I'm going to slice up bread. And if he wants, I'm also going to serve him the hot peppers. So that's it for our meal today. Very nice, very simple, very traditional. Again, it's called fakes, Greek lentil uh, soup. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. I hope you enjoyed this recipe and this episode. As always, I love you guys very much. And... Uh, that's it for today. A blind kiss to you, to you, and to you. Mwah. See you later. I am your host, Zoe Fiogos. With sincere love and gratitude, I thank you for watching Zoe's Blind Kitchen Corner.